Hey everybody and welcome to Gaijin Wrestling Radio. I'm Kobe Nida and I'm joined this week by Jimmy Price. Yeah, and we're going to talk a couple things with NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Yes. And a couple things with uh, New Japan Wrestling, what direction they're heading, and after the infamous G1 Climax 28. Did you watch any of that, Jimmy? I am completely out of the loop, unfortunately. I keep I, I keep reading the rave reviews, but uh, like time wise, I just haven't haven't been able to. So I'm ex- I'm excited to hear what what you have to say about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, there there was some great great matches throughout the G1 climax. I highly recommend people go see the uh, two final block nights. Um, there was Kota Ibushi against Kenny Omega, definitely a stellar match. Kota Ibushi came out with the victory though which is awesome uh kenny omega has had some losses in the g1 climax which usually sets up his um opponents for title defenses as he's the champion Mm -hmm. so he did lose to tomohiro ishii and they've already set up a match at road to destruction nice so that'll be awesome uh nice little rematch Uh, i don't know if you've seen the tomohiro ishii and kenny omega g1 finals match or semifinals match from last year but that was incredible yep yep um uh, so then there was okada and tanahashi man a draw a draw 30 minute time draw wow so uh it so with that by another point um tanahashi went on into the finals to face kota ibushi and man 35 minutes that final was Amazing, And I'm thinking Kota Ibushi's got to get it. He's got to do it. But it sets up a really good story as Tanahashi came away with the victory. Three high-fly flows, mm-hmm. um, defeating Kota Ibushi. He's going to go against Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. But because of that time limit draw now, uh-huh. they've set up a match at Road to Destruction. It's Okada and Tanahashi. One more time, the winner goes to Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, wow. So they're leaving the door open for another uh, installment of Okada and Omega. Yes. Interesting. Or it could be. And it could be anybody. That's the thing. Is yeah. like he, they, could, you know, they could have him drop it between now and then. Which yeah. Is, man, so it's kind of, kind of wide open. Yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of story to tell there, too. Um, there's the continuing feud with Naito and Suzuki-gun. Mm-hmm. Um, Naito and Suzuki are going to have another match at Road to Destruction. Uh, they built up their feud over the G1 Climax. I'm wondering where the fuck is Chris Jericho right, the IC right. title. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, no announcement about that yet. Oh, wow. But yeah. I know his... Um, his raging sea thing is in October, so I'm pretty sure he's he's not coming back until Wrestle Kingdom. Wow, or he's, or at least later December. He really is the Brock Lesnar of New Japan. After Seems that. like it. Uh, now, something I did see in just reading about it and and um, checking checking things out, um, I saw that uh, Shibata was in Tanahashi's corner for the for the tournament. Was he there the whole tournament or just no? He just came out for the final. Just for the final. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The final match he came out, um, and it was a huge um, eruption just to see him back. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was great, and if. Folks don't know, I mean, Shibata won the G1 Climax two years ago and then mm-hmm. challenged Okada, headbutt him, and got paralysis and ended his career. Yeah, terrible. Terrible story, yeah. but, I mean, there was um, there was a lot of love for him being there, and I think there's a story to be told with um, 
with it being Shibata, Tanahashi, and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shibata and Ibushi are these these guys that were were never really accepted as the uh, aces of New Japan, and they were kind of put in the back burners, and they bounced around to different companies, um, never fully entrusted with that next push. Tanahashi, right. of course, is the ace. Yeah. So having him there and that dynamic between the two is is a little interesting. It's a it's a lot of storytelling right now about who is the predominant ace and we're going to find out again with Okada and Tanahashi which is going to be really great I love it Um, some further storyline stuff that we had going on um, the Great Bash Heels came back who's uh, Tomoyuki Hanma who suffered a great uh, neck injury from the um, it's the draping DDT yeah he heard he heard his neck and uh, was basically feared to be done with as well but he came back and they teamed up with Michael Elgin to go against um, Ayodo Yoshida Shoita Unuma and Yuji Nagata now Ayoto Yoshida is from um, Ayoto Yoshida is from Taka Michinoku's what are they called? Michi- Ta- Ta- no, no. Oh. Takamichi Kayentai. Oh, okay, okay. So he's Kayentai twenty twenty. He is. Um, he's gonna. He's gonna be something. Awesome. I, I can already see it in him. Um, then we had Bad Luck Fale defeating to- Toa Hanare, which was uh, yeah, just a squash mash two minutes. Uh, then we get Suzuki Gun. Uh, tai Chi in Izuka, who I watched in a nineteen ninety five New Japan World. Um, Tokyo Dome show on on the New Japan World looked completely different. Long hair, mustache. He was in a tag team called the JJ Jacks. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Not the crazy guy with the golden glove. And yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they defeated Chaos, Goto, and Yoshihashi. Then we had Bullet Club. Cody and Hangman Page defeat David Finley and Juice Robinson. And Cody signaling to Juice Robinson that he wants the United States title. It's right. awesome. So yeah. we might get uh, something there with Cody and Juice Robinson. Then we have a never open weight six man tag team title match. Title change. This is the infuting between Bullet Club. Taiji Ishimori, Tama Tonga, and Tonga Loa defeated Marty Skrull, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. Um, this was a nice match. Um, some cheating at the end there, of course, and a quick victory to um, solidify that they are the firing squad and the OGBC. OGBC, so they're taking on the heel role in that? <clears throat> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Then we had the uh, continuation of the Los Ingobernables, um versus Suzuki Gun. Uh, Bushi, Evil, Sonata, and Naito defeat El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, uh, Kenimaru, and Zack Sabre Jr., so continuing those on. But Zack Sabre Jr. picked up some victories in the G1 Climax over the Neverweight Open Champion Goto, as well as the um, the United States Champion uh, Juice. So, so he might have some title shots coming his way. Man, Zack Sabre Jr. is so fucking good. Yeah, every, yeah. every single match in the G1 Climax of his was just amazing it, it was it was working with the other person's style but also to his um his specials you mm-hmm. know like worked in his favor of like what he does best uh it just it, it's amazing how he can put different matches together but still be the same in the match yeah you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we had a six-man tag team match. Chaos, Jay White, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toru Yano defeat Bullet Club, uh, Lackeys, Chase Owens, Kenny Omega, <laughs> and Takahashi. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like how Kenny Omega is pushing for Chase Owens and Takahashi to get some face time. Yeah. That's a great, great That's... for him to do. And uh, they took a loss here. So Jay White didn't have very many um, losses in the G1 Climax at all um, and came off looking very strong. So not sure what they're going to do with, with him, but I know he's gating for that control of chaos. Yeah. And as Okada is going through his breakthrough right now is uh, without the title, uh, it's going to be interesting. Now there's something that could blow that whole chaos situation through the roof, and that would be a certain somebody making his way back to New Japan. I don't know if you've read any any rumors about no. this, but a lot of speculation that uh, Shinsuke, whose contract will be coming up in just before January at the end of the year, uh, some, you know, early speculation he might be coming back. So Whoa. just imagine everything that's going on with chaos now, and then he comes back and the then, king. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. That could be very interesting. Didn't know that. But uh, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, he gets paid well over here, but it's a different style. It's a lot of dates. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Then we got this special six-man tag match with a pro wrestler, Sengoku Inbu, who was a masked person. It was just Taiji. <laughs> Taguchi, I'm sorry. Yeah. It was just yeah. Taguchi. Uh, and Kushida and Rey Mysterio Jr., they defeated Chaos, Okada, Sho, and Yo. This was a great match. Um, ended up with uh, Okada and, and Rey Mysterio facing off a little bit, and just the size dynamic. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okada is so tall, but Mysterio is so little. Yeah. And I hate to be like that, like the WWE, like, he's so little. But damn, he was fucking tiny compared to Okada in that yeah, match. And you're not used to seeing him in that in that context with those guys in New Japan. So it just kind of uh you know, it's like you know, it's it, it freshens up that like, oh wow, like yeah, he he really is that small. Yeah. But still a great competitor and um put on a good match. He finished up Yo with his six one nine and springboard splash. One, two, three, he got the victory. Nice. Then the final Tanahashi defeating Kota Ibushi. Incredible match. Can't say any more about it. Uh, go check that out if you can. I'm sure it's on YouTube now. But yeah, this is going to be uh, interesting in the next couple months. Um, actually, September 5th or 7th is the road to, dis- to destruction. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll be heading there and I'll be covering stuff yep. from that and so, yeah. all in just before that right all in September 1st man Yeah. and I don't know if you have been watching Being the Elite or 10 Pounds of Gold but they are phenomenal yes yes they are uh, just leading in the last episode we had um, uh, uh, put in the work which was the the 10 Pounds of Gold episode, and that was Cody going to the training facility of one Glacier, Skip, from (laughs) WCW. Oh, wow. uh, Who who has a training facility uh, near Athens, Georgia, or somewhere in Georgia. Um, And uh, they show him training DDPs there. His, His father's there. He's got the Nightmare family that he's built up. Just show his training and uh, for the match. And Nick Aldis had a match with one Ken Anderson. Oh, all right. 
they showed highlights of that. Ken Anderson is not looking good. Is he really? Is he putting on weight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> looking like he's Stone Cold 2003. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it, uh, they showed highlights of that and just the continuing uh, build of Nick Aldis being this dominant champion and then the showdown that's going to happen at all in between he and one Cody Rhodes. And then they did the Being the Elite match announcement for Kenny Omega against Pentagon Jr. That is going to be something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited to see that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm really intrigued that, the, that we have ROH, New Japan, NWA, and Impact Wrestling all on one card. It's like almost like they could form and do something and possibly but i don't know we don't know what the future holds we don't we don't but i mean they have already done what was previously unthinkable i mean if even even a year or two ago and and selling out madison square garden so anything is possible i mean i think if they're you know if they find a way to to collectively thrive and they work the business end out then you know look out because there are so many fans out there that are that are hungry for that alternative to, to WWE. Yep. Um, it, it, it's huge. It could yeah. be huge. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's bigger than WCCW and AWA and yeah. what was the other one that the U, UWF that all yeah. formed and yeah, for that super class show. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, 10,461 people already sold out for the uh, September 1st show. All in. And I am all in, set, and ready to get it. I'm going to get the fight app and uh, watch it that night. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Hell, yeah. All right, so let's slide into some NXT. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, number four. Uh, (laughs) Man, Cody. Kobe. Kobe, Kobe, Cody, Cody. <laughs> I called you Cody. There's, there's no getting around that. There's no reason for that. That was bad. Do you know a Cody? Uh, I don't. Rhodes? I Rhodes. don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, we're gonna move past that. I am a new father, and I have not been getting very much sleep. So I'm invoking that on behalf of myself and our friendship. I'll, I'll accept. So that we will. Move past that, and I'm going to continue to talk about wrestling. I'll accept, Jamie. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, TakeOver uh, always reminds me why I love wrestling. Yes, it's indeed. just always so reliably outstanding and great. Um, so we're going to run down the five matches real quick, and uh, you can make an argument out of that four of the five where you, know, you could pick for your match of the night and – you know, you can make a case for. Um, and starting out was my, probably my match of the night. Even all the crazy, with all the crazy shit that happened in the main event, I thought this was just outstanding. Uh, we had Mustache Mountain uh, taking on the Undisputed Era of Roderick Strong and Adam Cole uh, for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Yeah. Um, now, this is coming off the heels. They had uh, the first match in the UK. Uh, during the uh, Royal U- Albert Hall, the Royal Albert Hall. How many uh, now you know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall? Um, so they had the first match there, and uh, Mustache Mountain came up with the upset, 
and they took the titles uh, Undisputed Era took them back at Full Sail University in a five star match the first five star match on NXT television no shit yeah and I think it was the first five star match on any like weekly TV show um, wow possibly. that was a great match though. it was yeah and it got 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 the full honors there uh, I mean um, the crowd chanted Mustache Mountain and Undisputed for three minutes straight chanting back and forth yeah. during that match yeah it was incredible I was like is that plugged in no no that was real that yeah, was they're the just they're on the fire crowd. that yeah. crowd was on fire um and so in the in the the emotional ending with the throwing in the towel i haven't seen any use of that trope uh, in wrestling in a long time, no. the, the throwing into the towel. It's and it came in so well because the guys come out with their towels anyhow. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it was just very, very cool and emotional and great storytelling. So this is the rubber match, and they uh, pick up, you know, and they pick up right where they left off. They're going 100 miles an hour from the from the first opening bell. Um, Seven is chopping the shit out of everybody. Um, O'Reilly comes in with some strikes, and his strikes are just so like crisp. And you were talk, we were talking about this too in our group chat about how he's just like such a pure and like incredible striker. Yeah, he's like what you would uh, the fusion of MMA and uh, wrestling, just the perfect fusion of it. It's not too much MMA. It's not too much. T- of the wrestling chauvinistic stuff, it's just the perfect blend. Yeah, because he comes down playing the guitar. He's, he's so still, funny, uh, like a shitty, like making the faces and yep. then, uh, you know, like pointing about what he's about to do. Just you know, he he's got a lot of charisma, and then he follows it up with this these fantastic roll throughs, these these leg holds, this everything just. I mean, he's a monster. He really is. He really is. And I, I love. There's a there's a pre-match interview where they had they had uh, Undisputed Era, and he was like tuning the guitar <laughs> with his belt, and it was it, it, it's just he's he's magic. They're all they're all so fucking good. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, these teams are just beating the shit out of each other early on, and then we get to the hot tags, and uh, Bait and Seven both have both get a hot tag. Um, in the you know mid to late stages of this match, and they're both like sevens is first, and he's just you know move after move after move after move, and it's just like both of these sequences are incredible, and I mm-hmm. thought they were like all time in terms of uh, hot tag sequences, and they're just it's it's remarkable. Um, going to Bates, you know he throws uh, when he throws Kyle O'Reilly at Roderick Strong uh, to break the stronghold. Yeah. That was a hell of a, hell of a moment, and it's just like the emotion of it is so real. He's using him like a foreign object. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, and then the the false finish at the end of it, and once he hit when he hits the Tiger Driver, uh, just had me on the edge of my seat. The Tyler Driver. The Tyler Driver, brother. <laughs> uh, and um, again, working in the towel. And then going back to that, and then you this know, time they were working over Bates' leg. Yeah, yeah, and just same same leg and working a you know different different guy and uh, the fact you know you know uh, seven taking the towel and just chucking it in the crowd and yeah. just the pop that that got, um, it's amazing. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, and then of course we get we get the hot finish and uh, undisputed error somehow comes out of there with the titles but i thought the accent smash they just boom destroyed yeah just, him with that 
looked brutal. 1806. 1806. They came and, away with the victory. Yeah, and for me, in terms of intensity and storytelling, like... Yeah. All there. Yeah. Uh, so next up, well, we should be remiss if we didn't mention the War Raiders. Uh, uh, yeah. The strength. There's... <laughs> Like so on, strong. I mean, honestly, like you can't not be impressed with uh, that move. Yeah, with Roe throwing. I mean, I don't know. I don't care how like small compared to other guys, Kyle O'Reilly is. Like yeah. he's still a grown man. Yeah, and he threw him in the air like a fucking child. Yep, um, that was some height. Yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. So, uh, I think if if we you know if we could get the War Raiders a mouthpiece. You know, if we could maybe bring, fuck, man, I, I I don't even care if you bring back Paul Ellery. I was gonna say, why yeah. not Paul Ellery? Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know? Yeah, they 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 have something, but it's it's a little hokey at times. Yeah, like you said, I think one of the best packages that they did was, and they kept uh, comparing them to Vikings mm-hmm. and taking over different things. Yeah, and the, I think it's because it was pre-taped. It was they had a lot of time to deliver the lines correctly. Um, but yeah, some of the stuff coming off is a little hokey. Yeah, yeah, not not the best delivery from them either. But uh, we'll we'll see where where they go from here. Um, on to the second match. Like I said, you could take you could pick four out of these five and make a case for them being match of the night. This one is the odd one out. Uh, we got EC3 versus Velveteen Dream. Now, I say this is the odd one out. I still liked this match a lot. Um, I, yeah, I, I wasn't in it. Yeah. I just lost. I honestly stopped paying attention at some times. Like, I yeah. feel like I was watching the match and not really watching the match. Yeah. If and that I, makes sense. No, yeah. And I don't blame you because this, the, you know, the first few minutes of this match were very slow and, like, EC3 was like not, you know, I mean, I, neither of us are, are a fan of EC3. No. Um, and I think he really like showed how far behind he was in the first few minutes of this match, especially. He's just, his timing is off and he's just like, you know, he he's just several steps behind, yeah. behind the dream. Yeah, it's really, I mean, the start of this feud, it, it really should have came down to like EC3 being like, Bro, I'm 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 almost as dark as you. <laughs> um, and and then we could have gotten into stuff. Yeah. Made him look like an even bigger jerk, but I think EC3 stands for extremely clunky yeah. to the third degree. Yeah. Um dude is just not crisp at all. No. Yeah. I can't get behind anything that he does. Um sorry, I just I just don't see it there. I don't see it at all. And the crowd you like you hear Velveteen come out. Mm-hmm. That crowd is going wild. Yeah. Plus the airbrush tights. Call me up, Vince. Yeah. I don't know what he wants to do with Vince Russo, but <laughs> I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Vince Russo would do a few things yeah. with, with him, but uh, but yeah, and then EC3 comes out and it's nothing. The crowd is silent. Yeah. But if you if you watch the weekly uh, television and, and at Full Sail, they love them. You know, everybody's got the got the NX three signs and everything. And I mean, I my only guess with that is that you know maybe there's a pretty strong crossover with the Impact crowd. Um, but because you know he was he was over there and but yeah, they love them at Full Sail. Uh, but you could really tell that that Brooklyn was just not not feeling it mm-hmm. with EC3. But I mean, nonetheless, I, I I felt like the match did tell a good story um, with them kind of going for each other's heads. Uh, the DDT on the ramp was brutal. Yeah. 
Um, and I like how everything kind of went back to that. Um, the um, I felt like Dream kind of you know showed some stripes in being able to carry somebody in his mat in a, into into a good match. With I this. think that's why they put him in this angle. Yeah, to see if he is up to the task to be to the next step at the roster because we all know you can be a great wrestler you can have a great gimmick but you got to be able to tell a story in the ring and have that that general part where you're where you're able to control the match and keep it going yeah i think he's 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 right there yeah yeah definitely i think he definitely proved himself in a big way and and outperformed ec3 um i love the finish you know uh the the um you have the uh, the twisting. Uh, sorry, I should type this. I'm like I, I have serial killer handwriting. I hand wrote all these <laughs> notes, and Cody can maybe we we'll take a picture and put it on the, <laughs> the page. My my handwriting is not the best, but I thought the finish was hot. Um, and you know they both kind of uh, they they kind of you know had sort of an '80s vibe to both of them, which was cool. Uh, and they sort of played into that. Dream had a rude awakening, which is yeah. pretty pretty cool. Um, not a bad match overall, but yeah, I think you know, totally Dr- Velveteen Dream totally outclassed EC3 in this one. Yeah, definitely agree. And he picked up the victory there in 15:03. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, probably could have been 10. Yeah. Probably should have been 10. It felt like 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, we had a shot of the newest signing, Matthew Riddle. Yeah, I'm so hyped. Um, yeah. How much how, how much Matt Riddle have you had a chance to watch? A uh, good amount. I yeah. saw him in Suzuki. I've seen him in Keith Lee. Yeah. Um, I've seen. Uh, I listened to a good interview that he did on Xbox podcast. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, he seems like a well-grounded individual um, as far as knowing what he wants to do in this business and, and loving wrestling and not hindering it as well. Um, man, him and Kyle O'Reilly, that's a match I want to see. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Got, you know, goosebumps just thinking about it. And uh, you get you got him and Keith Lee now in the, into the fold, and it's like NXT is just – Morrow said it himself, the rich just keep getting richer. And, uh, you know, as far as the state of the business uh, is concerned, it might be detrimental to have all this talent under one roof. But, goddamn, it's going to be fun to watch. And it's going to guarantee several more outstanding takeovers like the one we watched here. But uh, so he had his, you know, of course, the stereotypical uh, shot of him in the front row. Um, And then we were on to Ricochet and Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, which was another outstanding match. Probably the most innovative match of the night um, with these two. Uh, we, you know, not to jump ahead too far, but the, you know, the springboard moonsault that Ricochet was going for that Cole caught in a super kick, you know, and in, a, in a, an evening of unforgettable stuff, I think that is going to be the spot that lives on yeah. Uh, more than anything from the show. That oh, yeah. that was just an unforgettable moment. The highlight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ricochet is just a well-grounded wrestler. Same with uh, Adam Cole. Um, and it just helps having Adam Cole, uh, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly in this faction where they can be shitheads. Yeah. You know? 
because without that, it's hard to have these guys as uh, clean baby faces or, 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 you know, without that edge, it, it's, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, they need that little edge. Um, I've heard other people say they're the vanilla, they're the vanilla midgets of this era without, <laughs> you know, you know. Right, right, so. right. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I, Undisputed Era has just gotten better and better the more time has gone on, and I, I, especially, they, I feel like they've really picked up steam since Roddy joined, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, he fits right in with that, like, kind of, like, shit-eating, you yep. know, grin, yeah. heel faction that they are. Um, yeah, just, like, I think the, you know, maybe this one didn't uh, tell the story that the, the tag match or the title match, uh, the main event told, but... No, it was more back and forth yeah, like guys. Yeah, it's more like a PWG type of vibe mm-hmm. of just, like, killer, innovative offense. Uh, the Hurricane run off the apron toward the end there, like, Jesus Christ. Um, and we got the new uh, new champion in Ricochet, so we yeah. see. I think he's going to be the one that really kind of builds this title because Cole didn't really defend it very much. He did. Uh, Oni Lorcan, I think, was yeah. the only defense that he had. Yeah. So it's uh, so he's going to be. It's going to be up to him to kind of make this title. I think, and I, and there's probably nobody better on the roster to do it. So yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Um, so. Fun, fun match yeah, there. Yeah, finish that up in fifteen nineteen with the six thirty splash. Yeah. Uh, then we have Kyrie Sane defeating Shayna Baszler in thirteen thirty seven. What'd you think of this one? Another new champ. Um, this one kind of got off to a slow start for me. Um, yes. Baszler is definitely getting there, but I think some of her. Some of her like no selling, like there, I, I get that she's a badass and and she isn't going to sell everything, but I think there's just a lack of awareness. I think some of her like you know as you know, Sane was hitting some some good elbow strikes early on, and there was just she wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was like intended to be like her. You know, you know, I don't think it was an intentional no sell. I think she was just kind of like, you know, she wasn't doing it so i so i think she's got a little ways to go with her selling um not that you know she should be doing that a lot but she you know that and just you know different little little quirks and ring awareness that that she's uh got a little ways to go on but the match picked up significantly as it went on oh yeah um the disgusting fucking leg work that baszler did when she was twisting uh saiyan's ankle and her heel and like yeah, the foot is just not supposed to. Not that way. Not I don't supposed care to bend how that flexible way. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we get the anchor spot from Kyrie. Then we get it through the ropes. Uh, yeah, she looked like Shayna was getting winded, so it was a lot of uh, weight, you know, put on Kyrie to hold her up. And it, you, again, it's it's ring. Um, it's being in that ring that yeah. long. Uh, Kyrie Sane is, we know, has been a wrestler for a very long time. Absolutely, so. yeah, yeah. And and her, um, I think she really like the, put on like a defining performance in this match because like uh, the way that she fired up and the way that she uh, she came back and was just screaming and just like she won over the crowd. I mean, not yep. that, that not. I mean, she already had the crowd coming out but man like the crowd was going crazy for her yeah uh so much so much heat for her uh, on the comeback um and then um finishes her up with what three elbows or how was that a couple elbows 
Yeah, it was it was at least a couple. Um, um, yeah, but insane. Yeah, and then um, just to do the job on her. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so. Well, it'll be interesting to see going forward. Um, and then we get the the clutch from uh, Shayna Baszler, which uh, obviously Kyrie Sane reversed and yeah. won two three. Yeah, which was a which was a great finish, kind of reminiscent of. Uh, did she did she come off the she came off the ropes right? I'm trying to. I already forget. No, no, no. Yeah, she she grabbed her in the clutch. They fell back, and Kyrie Sane just rolled, just flipped just over. Rolled yeah. And, Held her down on her shoulders. Quick one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of good stuff yet to come from them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Baszler makes her way up soon with everything that's going on with uh, Rousey and and speculation of the uh, four horse women. The great four horse women feud. I, I think, especially with the two just showing the other two just showing up in NXT. I don't know if they'll be ready for Survivor Series, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But another new champion, another fun match. Mm-hmm. All right, and then last one, the last man standing match for the NXT Championship. We know it wasn't supposed to be like this. It was going to be a triple threat match. Well, originally, it was going to be Aleister Black against Tommaso Ciampa rematch. Mm. Then we get uh, Johnny Gargano coming in, explaining he's the only reason you're the champion. So they fight. William Regal announces a triple threat. Then we get Aleister Black laid out so we don't know who did that yeah we see a lot of people outside so speculation is everywhere um and alistair black is just pulled out of the card and out of the match and then we have a last man standing match tommaso ciampa against johnny gargano damn yeah crazy uh series of events there they did um show like if, I felt like they showed almost everybody on the roster uh, back outside where uh, Alistair got laid out. So it's like kind of leaves it open. I think it's somebody who might, might not be on the roster right now. It's Could, interesting that you said that because when, when, when they first showed it, they only showed it. When they first showed it. When they first showed it, uh, they only showed like uh, – Undisputed and Johnny Gargano, and then they yeah. showed a recut of it, and then they showed everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting how they how they edited that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Rikishi. It was. Yeah. 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 Let's <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but uh, yeah, so props to these guys first of all because I mean there was speculation um, at, before Chicago that their second match was supposed to be a last man standing match, but they took that away from them because AJ and Shinsuke had the last man standing match of money in the bank. Right. Um, and I think that, that, you know, holds water because you could, if you go back and watch that match, it, it's built exactly like a last man standing match. And you can almost see the breaks where there would have been, you know, counts over after the big spots. Um, so they're essentially, you know, having to one up this, you know, ridiculous street fight that they had that, you know, took pretty much the same form as the last man standing match. Um, and you know, the expectations are through the roof and, but they somehow found a way for the third takeover in a row to main event and to deliver, um, Man. all the props in the world to Tommaso Ciampa and I guess Johnny Gargano too. Um, <laughs> but let's get, yeah, I mean, great match. 33 freaking minutes flew by, Yeah, but it also felt like 
felt like forever at the end. Like, I'm just like, oh, what is yeah. going to happen? What yeah. is going to happen? What is going to happen? Edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah. Um, we get the ring exposed again in yeah. this match. Did you see those boards? Yeah. Looks hard. Looks stiff. Did you see that pad that they pulled up? Looked about two inches thick. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, wondering, do they only do that for when they expose the ring, or is that how it is all the time? I don't know. I don't know. What what would what would your you know guess be? I don't know. I would think they at least had another layer of padding or canvas at some point, but then they got to tell everybody, listen, tonight the ring is fucking real stiff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like it's probably it's probably always like that. I, I that would just be my guess, but. It, either way, it's it's fucking brutal, and that you know those boards are stiff, and they gotta they gotta take a beating, so you know that they're strong, and you yeah. know that there's not too much give to them. Um, the the DDT that Tommaso took on that, yeah. Wow. Uh, Gargano repaid the favor from the last match, and that just looked brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Champa was like his reactions and his his trash talk. We're on point throughout this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're, uh, you know, he says we're not done by a long shot, and like, uh, just like, I mean, uh, that's just a, a generic example. But like, he's his reactions and his facial expressions are so fucking good. Um, when he, um, you know, later on in the match, when he hits the three consecutive uh, Project Champas. And then he just sits down in the chair. Oh, that was awesome. Fucking brilliant. Fucking and then Johnny Gargano gets right up, super kicks him immediately. It yeah. just flowed. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, then we get the spot on the outside where uh, Gargano crashes into that barricade area. Um, and brilliant. Ciampa just throws everything. A person. Chairs. Yeah. Uh, that dude got decked in the head with the bottom of that metal chair. Yeah, uh, really hard. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, props for him for taking that little uh, bump there. But it it sold that, and I was like, oh man, is he really gonna end it this way? And uh, close call. Johnny gets up at nine. Yeah, that was awesome. And then they like you know go on to like have a really really good exchange of like strikes and power moves in the ring. Like yeah. Uh, and then there's you know uh, Johnny uh, kicks out at one at that in the late stages of the match, which is always you know when they play it right, that's always like an amazing moment, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. here. Um, just oh, yeah, just so much we, so much brutal shit. We get the match. table turned upside down on top of the other table with the yeah. legs up. Yeah. Um, First time I've seen that. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking, does he want to spike him through it? But no, nah, it was just more for. Double damage, and then onto the concrete. Yeah. Great spot there. Tommaso uh, definitely busted his head on the back of that um, that steel part of the uh, table that was exposed. But, yeah, great spot there. And then they, they make way with the handcuffs. And this is where I was like, okay, Tommaso is handcuffed to this big speakers. And I'm thinking... Gargano is going to go like full bad guy heel and crush him under the speakers. Oh, God. I thought, like, you know, like a prop or something. It could happen, yeah. Like, it seemed like, because it looked like he was under the speaker a little bit. Yeah, they've done less ridiculous shit. I mean, more ridiculous shit than that. And it seemed, yeah, it seemed like it was going in some type of direction to where he could hit him and then the speaker falls and he's like, oh my God, what did I do? Right. But he wins the match. But but the way that they ended it, perfect. 
Yeah, it, it, um, I agree with you. I thought it was great. There's a lot of like criticism that a lot of people, uh, when it came to the ending, they said it was like the same as the second the, the second match. But I mean, it, it just in terms, no. yeah, just in terms of like you know Johnny like not knowing when enough is enough. But no, I thought it was perfect. And um, and that 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 knee to the speaker, yeah, did you see it in slow mo. Oh God, yeah. I don't know how do you not like not sell that like shit yeah like shatter your yeah your knee on that like it and we'll see what what you know ends up happening with the injury and like you know if that's you know if it's a shoot or how bad it really is but um yeah just to see uh champa roll on roll off of the stage onto his feet and at the count of nine and then johnny gargano could not get up champa retains yes they uncuff him he goes away then he comes back yeah and then johnny's like getting carted out and they're like no 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 no. he goes away again and then he comes back again yeah and then they have that final closing shot where i could see the guy telling telling gargano just stay here last shot (laughs) (laughs) basically and um then Tommaso comes out from the back with the title uh, held up, and Gargano's in the foreground. Uh, just perfect ending. Great shot. Way, great way to get it off, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, one of the things that I love about this whole story, and this might just be me because I hate Johnny Gargano's face, as I've said many times. Pretty much any time I've been on here talking about NXT, I always, I always mention that. But he is just an insufferable fuck who just happens to be great at wrestling but um i think personally like the the arc of the story is that johnny gargano is you i feel like the fans now see gargano the way that champa saw him from the beginning and that is a, a selfish person uh a person whose you know priorities are are out of wacky you know, cost cost alistair black the the title um and you know you know, doesn't know when enough is enough and it's cost him the match and it cost him the title uh, again and so like I, I think that's the story and so they can either go you know he's either going to return a conquering hero and be the face and you know maybe take the title back and take over before Mania or they could, he could be the one who laid out Aleister Black and he could just be full on insufferable full on heel, right? insufferable heel but just Great, great storytelling, and this is not to say that that Champa is going to be a face because he's obviously the most overheel in the company. Right. Um, you got no music. Oh God, it's so good. Just the best. The chorus of booze is. And yeah. his his line: "He's the greatest sports entertainer of all time." Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait to see. I'm so glad that the bell is still on him, and I can't wait to see like you know what's next for him. Um, but just just an incredible series of matches and props to them because when you know it's it's like a like a megan okada it's like when you have to outdo performance at that level and it just it never ceases to amaze me when you when you meet expectations that are that high oh yeah definitely i agree um a lot to see what's going on i don't ever spoil myself with the nxt uh tapings so tonight is going to be this is wednesday august 22nd tonight is going to be uh, NXT the first night after NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 so I'm sure we're going to have the match that they did the dark match for um, that they taped there it was um, the 
UK champion. Yep, Pete Dunne. Yes. Taking uh, on Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson, yeah. Who won the tournament, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to have a rematch there, and then yep. I'm sure we'll have more storytelling with the Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. and updates on Gargano's situation. Yeah, NXT UK is coming up as well. Uh, another hour of television. WWE, there's only 24 hours in a day. I don't, I can't do it all the time. They're, they're monopolizing their fans' time. That's their strategy. I can't do it all the time. It sucks, but it's like, it, it's smart. It's smart. It's smart, but it's also, okay, here's, here's something. They got Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Yeah. Two guys that are that would have been big stars at the next um, WrestleMania weekend show for indies. Yeah. So we're like, ah, we got your hot talent now. Yeah. Then Wale, he was on 205 Live commentary last night. Was he really? Yes. No shit. So. Okay. Now they got Wale in, his, in their pocket. Yeah. It's like they're, they, they strategically... Uh, and Jack Swagger came out about this recently, where he was doing shows, and all of a sudden NXT was running that the day before, the weekend around, um, where they they have this strategy to hurt or hinder or try to gather the indie promotions from having the steam. It's just like the territories, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's that, crazy. It's all over again, and it's, it's crazy. like it sucks. I hate to put too much insight into it, but. I mean, no, I, I, I agree 100%. And it's like it puts you in a weird position as a fan because you're getting like all these dream matches and they're doing phenomenal shit. But, you know, is it going to be best for the business and, you know, best for the industry in the long run? Right. Like what's going to happen? What happens to those NXT guys when they come up? Yeah. Because that's where it flounders. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's always going to be an appetite for, the, for that alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as long as there's that. You know, I, I think it's going to be all right. And I think as long as the overall popularity of wrestling, which I think is probably the highest right now since the Attitude Era. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to it's going to be good. But yeah, they're definitely going going for the jugular. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. Eighty style. Uh, one one quick fun thing that I saw on the uh, the opening tag match for the NXT. I just because I'm like. I, I pay attention to the referees as well as the action. I can see when Drake Younger, whoever is calling spots for them, or reminding them of what's next or telling who to tag. Yeah. Um, Trent Seven got hit in the face, and then a booger came all over his <laughs> mustache, and immediately the ref went down and was like, "What? You got a booger on your nose? You wipe your face like?" Really was quick. it Drake? And yeah, yeah, and then I can see oh. Trent Seven just wipe his face on the ring mat. It oh, was that's so adorable! Sweet. Yeah, it was. It was. It was yeah. slick, but it was. Uh, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys go back, watch that little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to talk to uh, former guest, friend of the show, Kyle Clark, about that because we are both big. Uh, Drake fans like he's our he's our favorite referee like and we just always do because if you ever see a vid- uh, video uh, interview with him I don't know if you have but uh-huh. he's got like a very he's just like a very chill guy he's got a southern accent he's just like hey hey man hey hey you got a, got a booger man hey hey hey, hey buddy hey, I wipe your nose you got a booger bub. hey buddy you got a booger yep but <laughs> old chat they cut in real close and then they saw the booger and cut off yeah. and then it was like a wide angle and I can see him bend down and like say something to him and then Trent immediately wiped his nose it's not like the old days where they would lean into that shit and they would let Owen Hart cut an entire promo with a loogie on the side of his mouth multiple that times that ruined it for yeah. me right yeah. like you can't take him seriously biggest win of his career I big, got you Brett 
Big old yeah. loogie. Anyway, yeah. that's awesome. I'm going to go back and watch just for that. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio. As always, you can catch us on Retromania, Hulkamania is Dead, MulholeRadio.com, The Inept Supervillains, Movie the Podcast, everybody else on there. And, uh, yeah, um going to try to update as much as I can with the NXT, ROH, and New Japan stuff. So, again, thanks for listening. If you want to write in, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we are at Retromania on Facebook. Or you can write to us at RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. That's Retromania with a W. Also, we have a couple questions that we want to get answered. We're going to rapid fire, as they would say on another show, a few questions from our dear, sweet friend, Evan Cronenberg. Uh, we reached out on the Facebook page to you know, see any uh, questions or anything. Uh, so real quick, uh, which of Dolph Ziggler's re- Republican tights are your favorite? I like the Harley ones, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the, Hardy one, the Hardy ones are uh, Harley. <laughs> Lack sleep, folks. It's real. Uh, he just throws D's in everywhere. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> because you're a dad now. Throwing D's. There's a D everywhere. Now. He's throwing D's in. Yeah. Um, the Motley Crew ones would be f- for me, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Uh, what do you think of Dean's new Triple H look? Oh, man. He put on some weight. He did. He put on some muscle lot, mass. Trap muscle. Yeah. Um, and then the haircut is looking good for him. I like that he's accepted. He's got a receding hairline. It's okay, bud. He's cool with it. It's okay. He's cool with it. I like that he didn't go completely bald. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, they they had to choose between Corbin and him. They were like, yeah. all right, which guy with the receding hairline do we need to fix right now? And someone was like, I got an idea. Well, Triple H was like, I got an idea. Yeah. It's yeah. Per- I, I like it a lot. I think, yeah. I, think he looks, I think it's great. I think it's the best he's looked. And, yeah, like, because I, I saw a photo of him when he was champion and just looked petite yeah yeah. Uh, and i i hate to say like i like again like i'm not a person that's like he's so little yeah uh but he looked tiny with that title and i was like man that's not a champ yeah you know yeah he's ready to throw some fucking haymakers now oh yeah uh and last but certainly not least who would win in a fight waffle house or cracker barrel now i you gotta go with Waffle House, right? Dirty tactics, the yeah. drug dealers that are there. Cracker Barrel is more for the old folk. Yeah, like and, uh, yeah, they got they, a lot of knickknacks and they stuff. sell knickknacks and shit. They sell uh, they sell rocking chairs and furniture. Like. Yeah, I think that's a more chill, laid back environment. Yeah. Waffle House is like the ECW. Also, Waffle House is open all night. Cracker Barrel closes early. Yeah, I think Cracker Barrel would get destroy yeah they would they would get their their ass kicked and then have to go to an old folks home and then sit in a rocking chair and play with knickknacks all day exactly eat gravy food yeah so so definitely waffle house yeah waffle house for the victory but cracker barrel for the food for me I grew up on Cracker yeah. Barrel traveling around the States. So. Yeah, I haven't. I can't even remember the last time I ate at one. But, yeah, Cracker Barrel probably definitely has a one-up on the food. So thank you, Evan, for the questions. Uh, again, guys, follow us on Facebook. Uh, well, we're gonna, you know, I'm going to try to reach out and uh, get, get any uh, thoughts, questions, comments you might want uh, brought on either Gaijin Radio, Hulkmania is dead, either way. Yeah. Um, 
just looking to get some more involvement. So thank you, Evan, for the questions. Yes, thank you very much. And as always, we will catch you next time. Thanks, guys.